Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Peace be with you. My friends, if Jesus has defeated sin and death through his suffering and dying on the cross, and then three days later rising from the dead, one may ask themselves, why do I continue to sin then? Why do I at times find myself suffering, find myself depressed? And more often than not, I feel defeated by sin as opposed to finding victory over my faults. And with those thoughts, oftentimes we are left wondering to ourselves, either this Jesus thing isn't working, or worse yet, there is something wrong with me. I wonder if anyone hearing my voice has had similar feelings. On another level, it only takes a few moments to scan the pages of the daily newspaper to see that all is not right in the world either. Wars and rumors of war abound in the daily news. National leaders are found fighting across the table, as well as fighting within their own ranks to gain individual power and control. Domestic disturbances leading to not only a verbal disagreement, but leading to actions and developments which cause much, much worse outcomes. And then, of course, the odd one or two paragraph bits of news reporting famines, floods, drought, and more spread of airborne disease. And then on a completely other level, a higher plane, one may wonder, where is God in all of this mess anyway? Is God listening? Does God see what is going on? Why doesn't God just, just well, intervene? We wonder if there is a God. Where, where is God in, in the midst of the chaos, not only in the world, but oftentimes within my own being? Where is the Lord? And how long will it be? Well, if those thoughts haven't drifted across your screen as of late, they have mine. And especially since our readings through the Easter season bring us into the deeper waters of the book of Revelation, and from my musings upon the text and my meditations within my soul, for me, I can resoundly say that God does love us. God has not left us. In fact, God is right here with us. And also that God has good reason and purpose for all that goes on in this world of God's good creation. Last week we ended our homily viewing the scene from the throne room of God. We found ourselves before the throne of the Lion Lamb of Judah. And he had just taken the scroll from the right hand of God and was about to begin to open the seven wax seals holding the scroll closed. Once the scroll was opened, then the plans and purposes of God to bring, to bring righteousness and justice to both heaven and earth would then be launched and the final victory would be won. And so we turn the page then in our modern Bibles to with great expectation to Revelation chapter 6. And we find, rather starkly and surprisingly, we find not God destroying the evils of the world, but we find the four horsemen of the apocalypse being released to do their bidding upon the earth. This is indeed a bit odd. If you're not familiar with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they are simply, yet horrifyingly put, 
war, civil disobedience, social chaos, and then finally death. The white horse of conquest through war, the red horse of bloodshed and civil disorder, the black horse of plague, famine, and want, and then finally, the pale or green horse of death. Why? Why are these four launched from heaven? Shouldn't just the opposite be happening, one wonders? Now, if you will allow me, let's return to my example of the Allies' victory in World War II. I have said that the war was won on 6 June 1944, the day the Allies grabbed a toehold, then a foothold on the enemy soil, and from that toehold, the Allies scratched and clawed their way out of the water, over the beaches, and into the interior of the land. And the same is true of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. Since creation, Evil had had its way in the world, causing sin and death, both physical and spiritual, both corporately and individually within the world. Yet when the time had fully come in God's plan, Jesus, like a paratrooper dropping behind enemy lines, was quietly born in a stable in Bethlehem. The child grew in wisdom and years and in divine and human favor until Jesus became an adult and at around 30 years of age gathered his small band of warriors together and resoutly headed for Jerusalem where he faced head-on the evil one by strangely allowing himself to be arrested, falsely accused and tried, and then crucified and murdered on the Roman cross. Surprisingly, victory was snatched from the grip of the enemy three days later when Jesus rose from the grave and left sin and death in the earth, never to reign again. For us as individuals, of course, this victory of over on the cross meant our own sin had been dealt with and what was separating us from our Creator had been removed. Life eternal and abundant was now open to us through Jesus. Corporately also, this victory meant that Jesus' reign as king here on earth had begun. What death and sin had done to humans, it had done to creation itself also. Now Jesus' earthly reign as king also brings restoration and healing and right rule over creation as well. Yet, returning to my analogy of World War II, after gaining that toehold, then foothold in France, the biggest battles of the war were still ahead. Final victory was not to be found until nearly a year later in Europe and over a year later in the Far East. And thus the same is true with Satan and his angels. Once they saw that Jesus had been raised from the grave, their fight against the followers of Jesus had just begun in earnest. For us individually, yes, the victory over sin and death had been won by Jesus and graciously accepted by us through our baptism. Yet the forces of evil still wage war against our minds, our bodies, and our souls. However, through constant prayer and fellowship, giving up of our selfish desires, learning to love genuinely, finding joy and peace in the midst of angst and chaos, building up patience, 
replacing gruffness with gentleness and goodness, being faithful and exerting self-control, we slowly become more like Jesus every day, moving ever closer to final victory. As, Jesus, as John the Baptist once said, I must decrease, but he must increase. And as we begin to see God root out the strength of evil in our own lives, perhaps then we can begin to see how unleashing the four horsemen of the apocalypse over the earth brings evil into view in its fullest measure. As evil seemingly reigns once again, it is simply indicting itself against the moral goodness of our Creator God. The more evil destroys God's good creation and whole creation, the easier for God to bring judgment upon the earth. God, in His infinite wisdom, allows evil to reign while all along knowingly that in the end, victory remains His. God allows humans then to choose to either follow Him and to be marked with the baptism of new life, new creation, or to follow the evil one and to be marked with death. The choice for me is clear. On this day, I choose to serve the risen Christ. Unfortunately, as in all battles, there are casualties to report and deaths to be numbered. While serving in the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, I recall during an All-American Week, a week of celebrating the division's victories of the past, I recall meeting an older man on crutches, swinging only one leg. His other pant leg was rolled up and tucked away. The man also proudly wore a paratrooper's airborne wings on his shirt, and over those wings, resting on the top of the parachute, laid three gold stars or mustard stains, signifying the man had made three of the five combat jumps the 82nd made during the Second World War. That man had lost his leg in a field artillery barrage by the enemy. Yet there he was, celebrating with the rest of us. Evil as well seems to have its own victories over individuals and over creation, and in our own lives, each has physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wounds, some visible, most invisible to the naked eye, yet God knows. And for each of us, someday our earthly bodies will give way to the physical pains of the old world, and we will then be found in the presence of Jesus in the throne room of God with the other saints who have gone before us. It is this scene which we read about from in our second reading this morning. The scene where John, the beloved disciple, author of the fourth gospel in this letter of Revelation, looked once again and saw a great multitude that no one could count. That multitude comprised of people from every nation, tribe, and language, all shapes and sizes, all colors and creeds. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Who are these people found in the throne room of God, robed in white with palm branches in their hands? These are they who fought the good fight. 
These are they who have gone through the great ordeal of life and have been found covered in the blood of the slaughtered lamb. Death has passed over them, and they have found themselves in the throne room of God, worshiping with the four beasts, the 24 elders, the myriad of angels, and the heavenly host. There is hope, my friends, and hope eternal. The text reads, they will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Jesus, as our shepherd here on earth, provides for our needs, makes us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside still waters. And then eternally the Lamb, oddly who is now the shepherd, leading us, his new creation, to the springs of the water of life. Then God, imagine this, then God, our God, comes to each of us and lovingly and tenderly wipes the tears from our eyes and invites us into his side. No God other than our God is willing to love his creation in such a manner as this. My friends in Christ who daily take on sin, let me say there is nothing wrong with you or other than the fact that we fight with Christ the evil within us. So hang on to Jesus, for Jesus has overcome the world. And as for the daily paper, remember as well, Jesus has already overcome the world. Now it is time to live in new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And during this Easter season, our cry remains, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let us then rejoice in that victory here on earth and celebrate together the new life we have received in Christ, living out that new creation until we will one day be in the presence of God and the Lamb. Amen. Music